Today is the celebration of the Council of Nicaea of 325 of the 318 16 fathers. They were gathered together there in Nicaea because they wanted to protect the apostolic deposit of faith. That faith we have celebrated these as weeks of Easter, that Jesus is truly God and truly man, is risen from the dead. He is part of the Holy Trinity, the second person, and he was sent to gather the children of his Father to save them from themselves and sin and bring them to the glory of the kingdom of heaven. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Sometimes, as we preach, we forget to follow the great themes of the liturgy, which are presented to us day after day in these special seasons of celebration. But these tell us about the meaning of our life. Why are we here? My dear brothers and sisters, you are here to go to heaven, to go to eternal life. And you're on trial to see if you can do God's will, the will that Jesus Christ gives, the will that he gives to us as our example. And today in the gospel, he says, he ascends to sit at the right hand of the Father, but he says he's taking with him all those who belong to the Father. That's a promise. Now, we have to figure out how can we do our best job to belong to the Father? We are baptized and chrismated, and we see the body and blood of the Lord. What about how do we live our lives in accordance with the life that's given to us through the body of Christ in the sacraments? They haven't done so well recently, in the last 200 years. I don't know too much about time before that. I've read some things. They did not do well either. There are always people around we're trying to destroy our Christian life, especially the Catholic Church. When World War I was breaking out over Europe, which was the destruction of civilization of the, of the Catholic Church, Our Lady came herself and warned us. She came to Fatima. Not many people pay attention to Fatima but they should, especially if they want to get to heaven. But people are so selfish, people are so concerned about this world, they have little regard for immortal life. And they're in danger of going to hell. It's an unpleasant place. They usually deal with that by saying, well, I don't believe in hell. Or they say, I don't know who the devil is. Or they say, well, God's too good to do that. Well, 
You may not know the devil, but he knows you. And he has a plan for you. And Christ died on the cross to save us from that destructive plan of the devil. But you must cooperate. You have great plans for your life in this world, but it comes to an end. And then there's the judgment. And the Father looks upon you, and he looks for his, the image of his Son in you. He wants to see the life of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, within your inmost being. And the quality of that life will determine your destiny. Many, many things went on in the Eastern Church with Arius and all these heretics. There's still churches in the United States, especially that are Aryan. Jehovah's Witness, Seventh-day Adventist, all these people are Aryans. They don't know the Holy Trinity. The Council of Nicaea met to make sure we believed in the Most Holy Trinity. To make sure we had an opportunity to go with our Lord to the Heavenly Kingdom. Let us review a little bit, as I've said it to you before, about our criteria of faith. It's the preaching of the fathers. The apostolic revelation of scripture and tradition. And the melody of theology we hear as we sing it in the church. It's always teaching you how to gain your eternal destiny. When I'm around the people, not necessarily the monks, I hear much talk about all sorts of things. Politics, oh, wealth, uh, state of our state we live in, Oregon. Well, all these things are going to pass away. The whole world's going to disappear. There'll be a new heaven and a new earth. We want to be part of that. It's crucial for your salvation that you remain faithful to the teaching of the apostles, the fathers who saved that for us, and the theology and the liturgy of the church, and take part full-heartedly, as knowledgeably as you can, in liturgical worship. That is the road to salvation. I read a little something yesterday. Our lady gave us a prayer. She says, Our Lord, I believe and I profess. with faith, hope, and charity in you. And I pray for those who do not believe and profess, with faith, hope, and charity in you. Her message was this, don't go to heaven alone. 
Take someone with you. Take many with you. By your fidelity to the teaching of the church, your love for the liturgy, your love for your neighbor. We Americans, we're pretty good to our neighbor, but we don't talk to them about their possibility of getting to the heavenly kingdom. We don't want to discuss religion. Too bad. Someone you may help over the doorway into the heavenly kingdom may be left by the side because you did not. Sometimes it's so simple to bring them to the church. I've told you a few things about that, you know. I remember when I was an associate pastor in Yonkers, New York, every once a week or so the Monsignor would send me to the hospitals to visit our sick parishioners. We had about 800 families. I go through the hospitals, the principal ones, and get their names, and I would, after I got their names, if they wanted to go to confession, I'd hear their confession. And then the next day, I'd bring them the Holy Communion. On one occasion on this visit, this lady didn't want to talk to me. And I said to her, I didn't, I wasn't afraid to talk to her. I said, why won't you talk to me? She says, well, I can't. I've left the church. I said, why'd you leave the church? It's not a good thing to do. Don't get mad at the church. Maybe some of the people in it, but don't get mad at the church and pray for those. She said, on Good Friday, 20 years ago, I gave birth to a child and I sent for a priest, and he didn't come, and the priest died without baptizing the baby. Well, she wasn't the best informed Catholic, because she could have baptized the baby herself. But she says, I can't forgive the priest. And she says, what am I going to do? I says, well, sounds like you have a mother's heart to me, and we can understand your problem. But you can receive absolution for other way God looks at that and receive Holy Communion and return to the church. She did it right away. Another man <laughs> in the same hospital was standing by the newspaper and I, uh, on the bed, the, the Daily News, which used to be a big newspaper in New York, and he's turning the pages like that. He's standing there. And uh, I tried to get his attention to go in and see him. He didn't want to talk to me. So I went and said to him, why don't you talk to me? What do you want? I said, I want you to go to communion and confession and communion. Okay, 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 I'll do it, I'll do it, I'll do it. So he went to confession, he went to communion. The next day, he entered the kingdom. What a grace God gave him. 
but the priest was insistent. Some of your friends, oh, it's terrible. They may be boiling in hell. They say, why didn't I listen? Why didn't they tell me? They didn't, I didn't know about the creed, the teaching of the church, the necessity of the sacraments, the true nature of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, which the fathers taught to us and left us a document from the early church. Grave responsibility is on the soldiers, soldiers of the Christian to live his faith, to pray like the whole world's salvation depended on him, and to do everything he can to save his neighbor so that he too can sit in heaven near the throne of our Lord God and Savior, Jesus Christ. These neglects will not go unlooked at because you are the evangelizers of this nation. You are the evangelizers of this time we live in. Behind you, there's a great icon of the Carpatho-Ruthenian martyrs. Everyone died for Christ. Everyone died for the Catholic Church, the Byzantine Catholic Church. And everyone came to us with the gospel and the sacraments for the salvation of the world. That's why at this time of Easter, as we approach Pentecost, we call to mind the Council of Nicaea. We call to mind the criteria of faith of our Byzantine Catholic Church, the apostolic preaching, which you have in the Bible, the teaching of the fathers, which you have explained to you, and even those things that were not contained in the Bible are contained therein as the apostles told us about them. The beauty of the liturgy, its music, its message, which comes straight from Scripture, the mouth of God. We are called to these things to live this life. Look at your neighbor who is in made in the image and likeness of God, but his life is one of jeopardy instead of faith. Do not let him pass away. Do not let anybody in your family die without the sacraments. Preach by your example, by your words and your love. Do not argue but preach the love of God who wants to love each one of these people in the depths of their heart so they too can rejoice in the great resurrection on the last day. Name the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.